today on CityCast Salt Lake. It feels like teachers are always giving more than they're getting, but this particular moment feels particularly not okay. I caught up with Utah's 2021 Teacher of the Year, John Arthur, to see how things are going in his sixth grade classroom, the Zoom one and the one with four walls. It's Tuesday, January 25th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. So I have to ask, like, how are you doing? We're entering our third year of a pandemic here. Yeah. How are you doing? How are you holding up? I'm doing as well as one can, I think. Everything's relative. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing as well as I did pre-pandemic. Yeah. After three years of this and now getting thrown back into online learning and remote teaching last week. Just for a week, right? Just just for three days. Just Wednesday, for Thursday, three Friday. days. Yeah, we showed up on Tuesday for school as normal because we needed to make sure that our kids had devices and hotspots and and they, they knew the plan. It was It was... A little counterintuitive because, you know, we're going to bring everybody together because we're afraid of this virus and then we're going to send you home. Right. And it seemed like not the best way to do it. But at the same time, in my community, you know, I teach at a Title I school in Salt Lake City and our kids don't have computers at home for the most part. They don't have uh, reliable connectivity all the time. So we have to bring them in to to successfully send them back out. It's like having a, a team meeting before everyone gets back in lifeboats. And we had to make sure everyone had their life jacket and their oars and enough food. And they understood that they could still come to the school throughout the week to get grab-and-go breakfasts and lunch and all of those key logistical pieces. And then Wednesday morning, I, I, I went to school and we hopped on at 8 a.m. They all started popping up in the Zoom room. And I had to I had to remember again how to share my screen with video and all those little all, <laughs> all the those Zoom things. Zoom, all the Zoom things. Mm-hmm. It was heartening. It was the best attendance I'd had in weeks because I had about a third of my class absent every day. Really? For the last two to three weeks. Yeah, because they were either sick or a sibling was sick, and so they were quarantining. Parent was sick. And, and we had teachers out. We were being devastated at our school. And so I had all but one student logged into Zoom on Wednesday. So that was a blessing. I got to see their faces without masks on. That was a blessing. I got to see them smiling. Some of them still wore their masks because they were embarrassed. <laughs> none, of their, none of their classmates had actually seen their, their smile or their teeth all year oh long. Gosh, so they, really? were, they were like, I don't know. I'm not doing it. They 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 showed up in the Zoom like, why don't you take off your mask? Like, mm-mm, no, mm-mm. <gasps> that is a and whole was, new kind of sixth grade embarrassment. I didn't even think about. Sixth, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. I imagine when all of those faces are popping up in Zoom, or your students are arriving to class. How do you like? How do you start class? Like, how do you get everyone present and like ready to go? Because. This moment is so distracting with all the things that you've identified, fear, chaos, outrage. Yeah. How do yeah. you like center them and get them in the zone? Yeah. The, the best support that you can offer to a child, whether at home or in the classroom, is structure that is repeated daily and reliable. 
they know exactly what's going to happen at the start of every single day. They come to the classroom. The homework answers are up on the wall. They just grabbed breakfast from the cafeteria. So they check their homework. They drop off their stuff. And then they know that the news is going to come on. And we're going to watch CNN 10 and learn about the biggest stories of the day. And so they sit there eating their muffins and drinking their juice. And we we watch the news and then we talk about it. We, we kind of go over the we identify the pieces that were there to inform us and the pieces that we ought to engage with. And we talk about the ones that we ought to engage with because I don't want my students just thinking as uh, young people who can identify problems. I want them thinking as young people who can identify solutions. And so we'll look at a problem that the country is facing and ask ourselves what is being done and then what should be done. You referenced that the school you teach at is a Title I school. So I yeah. imagine that the impact of this pandemic has had a disproportionate effect on your students. Absolutely. When it comes to the students themselves and the resources that they have available to them, obviously they're more limited than kids who are living on the east side of Salt Lake or are in more affluent areas. On top of that, the population of essential workers in our community is higher among the adults, which meant that kids were both taking more care of their siblings. Like I mentioned before, they were having to take on added responsibilities beyond just being a student and a child. They were also uh, more vulnerable to catching the virus because their parents were more vulnerable to catching it in their workplace. At the same time, the idea of catching the, the virus was more scary because a trip to the emergency room when you don't have insurance is terrifying. And they they were carrying all this additional weight, and the burden of these worries that other kids just don't have to. And, and it takes a psychological toll, an emotional one, a spiritual one. And it also makes showing up in the Zoom classroom or doing your homework harder because it's it's more difficult to see the point of it all. Why why am I going through all this when the world is falling apart, when everybody's scared? It's so much harder the less you have. What do you think a good effective intervention looks like right now? Because I I mean like I'm scared that our about the future of our public schools. I'm really worried that this is even more catastrophic than we think and I think a lot of people get that it's really catastrophic. Do you have ideas for what a good intervention looks like, whether that's community or political or like how do we, what does the other side of this look like? Yeah, I think that the best thing that we could do is just take away a little bit of the pressure. We just, we got to let a little bit of air out of the ball. People are stressed out. We're worried about just getting by one week to the next. And at the same time, end of year tests are still scheduled. And my school, which is, you know, I don't know if everyone listening would know what a turnaround school is, but it's a school that's that's facing um, some punishments if kids don't perform at a certain level. And that is completely inappropriate mm -hmm. for the for the kind of year that we're having and the situation that we find ourselves in. Lawmakers, policymakers, people who are in decision making roles, they need to decide to waive the end of your tests or at the very least the accountability pieces that go along with it because 
there's nothing more inappropriate in a crisis than undue pressure. You know, yeah. I don't know. You, do you ever read the book Hatchet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You remember kid crashes in the woods mm-hmm. and he's, he's, you know, he's only got his little axe to survive <laughs> with. And somehow he's, you know, fighting off wildlife and creating wild structures. Yep. I, I, I think of that kid. And I imagine him getting rescued and and flown away to safety in a helicopter. And someone gets on the radio and they say, hey, hey, we got him. And let's start thinking about how we catch him up in math and language arts because he's got to take that end of year test. You know, thank goodness we saved him in February because that test is coming in April. We, and we got to make up some learning. Right. This kid has learning loss. It's like, <sighs> no, that kid has... That kid has malnourishment and, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. scars from right. fighting a bear and other things that need to be the priority. Yeah, it seems like what's needed right now is to for us to just be gentle with each other and testing no someone in any form, whether it's on paper or is just not kind. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I love that word gentle that you use there. I, I, I have... I've found myself being more gentle this year with kids who can't focus, kids who I've got one student who just struggles to even get into the classroom um, because her anxiety level is so high. And I kind of I kind of kick myself in a little little bit because I should have been gentle all along. I've I've learned lessons that I wish I could send back through time to my younger self and say because kids have been struggling forever, be more gentle. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else I should ask you or that you'd like to share or talk about or that we didn't cover? Yeah, I, I would just say for everybody who's thinking about how hard this time is. And, and I say that with a ton of gratitude in my heart. Thanks for thinking of teachers. Thanks for worrying about us. Thanks for empathizing with the situation that we're in. And our administrators, our lunch ladies, our, our custodians, everybody, you know, there there is a lot to worry about. But I tell you, every single day I see kids doing remarkable things. I see adults giving their all to uplift children. And one day when this is all over, we will be able to tell more of the stories of glory and triumph in this terrible time. We'll be able to look back and smile about this little uh, moment of grace that we had with a child. And this, this time where a kid had an aha mo- moment through the, through the camera on the computer and, and it felt just as good as if they were in the classroom. We'll, we'll have that time, but, um, but right now it's okay to just vent and, and release and, and take care of yourself as best you can. And um, I will say that, I, I totally understand teachers out there who have lost a sense of purpose, who don't see why they ought to be showing up to the classroom other than just taking care of the kids. And I still love my job and I'm able to, to do what I do with joy because I, I have a very clear sense of purpose. My, my purpose, my satisfaction and hope come from the voices of my students And this goes for teachers and parents. Allow your students and your kids to to operate not just as learners, as as people who are ingesting information, but as content creators. Push them to create things 
based on their experiences and based on what they've learned, and then become an amplifier for your children. Take what they create and put it out in the world so that other people can not only enjoy it, but benefit from it, from their perspectives and from their experiences, from their playbooks, and and make that your mission. I am not a teacher. I am an awakener and an amplifier for my students. And that's why I know I will continue to show up in the classroom because I have no, no difficulty figuring out why I do what I do. If I was just trying to get my kids to perform better on tests, I'd probably quit. If I was just trying to get them to read faster or memorize facts, I would probably quit because who wants to show up when that's the point of your job? All of us need a new point, not just to get our kids through this tough time, but to help them realize that they have power inside them, activate it, and and teach them how to put it to good use and service to others. John, thank you so much for being here today. It's been awesome chatting with you about everything. And um, thanks for just sharing your story and your insight and your optimism, which seems almost relentless, which is amazing. And I hope that we can get to the other side of this soon and more broadly that our schools can stop becoming battlegrounds for some of our our shadow sides, it seems. Yeah, we will. I don't know if you've ever visited a battleground, but they become beautiful places in the not too distant future. So I'm, I'm, I'm very confident that that's where we're going to eventually head. And thank you for taking the time to listen and to share our stories because we, we, we talk about this stuff all the time in the, in the faculty room and before and after school, but it doesn't mean anything until these, these stories and these perspectives get out there into the public. So mm-hmm. thanks for amplifying us. Hey, that means a lot. One more thing before we go, we put out a call to Salt Lake teachers asking how we can better show up for them right now. Here's what a few had to say. Uh, what can Salt Lakers better do? Just wear your mask, talk to your representatives, talk to your senators, talk to anyone in, in government who will listen. Uh, we need help. We want kids to be in school. We want to be in school. Um, but that's not happening right now. How can Salt Lakers better show up for you right now? I think giving teachers a lot of grace. And I also think a lot of people don't realize that teachers are great resources for communities and, like, I deliver food to my students' houses. I go and I deliver their Chromebooks. Like, I can be a good resource for families, so I love any kind of family communication I can get. Myself, my principal, like, people will go very far out of the way to support the families of the community and to support their students. So any type of parent communication, I'm so happy to receive and happy to help. The biggest thing is to have people that are, supportive of teachers to be as vocal as uh, as the, some of the people that issue some of the challenges. I think uh, most people are like, uh, you know, content or satisfied with what's happening in their in their classrooms. And we don't hear from the people that are just fine with everything. You know, we hear from people that are on the extreme. And I think the vast majority of people on an individual basis will say that they admire teachers or think that the work that we do is important. We would love for the people that are happy and supportive to be as vocal as the people that are challenging. 
By the way, that hotline folks called in with voice notes for us, it's here to stay. If you've got a story or a question you want us to explore or something on your mind related to one of our shows, our audio inbox awaits you. 801-203-0137. That's it for us today on CityCast Salt Lake. There's even more teacher wisdom in our newsletter today. And if you aren't subscribed... Well, that's your homework tonight, saltlake.citycast.fm. We'll be back Thursday morning with more news from around the city. Bye. You know, when you're in sixth grade, you're like, oh, God, everything is so embarrassing. Don't look at me. So we all kind of prayed out in all black. And our teacher gets out into this middle of the field with this giant, like, um, shovel. She's going to dig a hole for the dead words. And immediately she just starts going, whoa and like fully wailing.